You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Welcome, everybody, to another QB Power Hour. Today's topic is getting ready for year-end. I'm very glad to have you joining us on a spooky Halloween. Um, Dan, would you like to show us your outfit? Yeah, so I'm Mr. Potato Head today. (laughs) Very good. Okay, and for those of you that, that can't see, I'm holding up something very tiny wearing a black turtleneck do you know who i am i'm not going to tell you for a while i'm going to let you guess i'll give you a hint it's more popular on the west coast and silicon valley those people might know but who am i somebody said steve jobs and you're close because she wore the black (laughs) turtleneck all the time yeah you do somebody said the rock (laughs) the rock (laughs) all right eyebrow for that (laughs) i'll I'll tell you okay i'll tell you and you guys yes Stephanie got it right, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Holmes. Holmes. <laughs> I am Elizabeth Holmes from Thanos, T-H-A-N-O-S. If you Google Elizabeth Holmes Blood Company, you'll find it. She uh, she created a company that was supposed to be creating where you could test blood that was just a drip of blood um, without drawing a whole bunch of it. But the company was a whole scam and the technology didn't work. Um, so it's kind of a Interesting story if you want to check that out. But back to work. Dan's costume was much easier. (laughs) That's right. It's easier to guess. (laughs) Yes. All right. So go ahead and go to the next slide, Dan. Okay. Thank you. And with that said, um, I'll introduce myself. I am Michelle Long, not Elizabeth Holmes, (laughs) owner of Long for Success. I'm a CPA. Um, Had my own practice since, gosh, over 20 years. (laughs) A long time. (laughs) Um, I'm a trainer for Intuit, which I absolutely love. Five books out on Amazon. Check those out, including our new and updated um, QBO practice set. Uh, Love being co-host of of this with Dan. Also, check us out on the Facebook group as well as the LinkedIn group. And I'm very glad to have you guys joining us today. Dan, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Dan DeLong. I'm the owner of DanWit. We uh, transform companies through technology. I, uh, I was a former Intuit uh, technical support and technical trainer, uh, really proficient in all things uh, QuickBooks related. I uh, just finished technically editing the QBO for Dummies 5th edition, which is available. And uh, Michelle and I were talking uh, yesterday, and really the way this boils down to is I'm the can guy. <laughs> I, will tell, I will tell you what QuickBooks can do, and she's the should girl, <laughs> whether QuickBooks <laughs> should do it. <laughs> That's right. But neither one of us answer why questions. Like, right. why does QuickBooks <laughs> do this or that? Because we can't explain that sometimes. We don't know why. So, right. yes, the can and should. There you go. I like that. So as a reminder, the QB Power Hours are every other Thursday. Next one will be right after QuickBooks Connect. So we're going to do a QuickBooks Connect recap, especially for those of you that cannot be there. We are going to help um, update you on some announcements that Intuit has made, maybe interview a few people, some of our key takeaways or things that we learned, things like that. But normally for our QB Power Hours, we're talking about QB t- uh, QuickBooks tips. 
what's new, troubleshooting, but also we cover some marketing things as well as value pricing, third-party apps, things like that. There's the links for all of the PDFs, uh, recordings, as well as the podcast. Thank you, Dan, for getting a podcast for us now as well. So as you go ahead and go to the next one, uh, we'll talk about upcoming events. I already mentioned the next QB Power Hour. Also, I want to make you aware of the QuickBooks VCon as well as the Roadshow. We've been on the Roadshow doing some intro to QuickBooks, some masterclass. Now, um, in November through December, we're going to be doing the um, core certification, advanced certification, and grow your practice workshop. So I'd love to have you check us out and join us at some of those. They're in a variety of cities near you. I know I'm going to be doing a couple of cities in California and I think the East Coast as well. Um, but we go all the way through the middle of December. So check some of that out as well. And then if you can't join us for QuickBooks Connect uh, next week, uh, check out the live stream. They have a live stream of it. If you go to the website and look at the, um, the agenda or the schedule, you'll be able to see when the live stage events are, the main stage events. Intuit generally will be broadcasting or live streaming those so you can watch those main stage speakers. And usually those sessions are incredible. And on day one, it's the accountant day. And so that's where you'll hear um, probably Arish talking about some of the new things that are coming for um, QBO and QBOA and things for us as accounting professionals. So I'd encourage you to join the live stream for that if you're not attending. If you are attending, come look for Dan and I. Um, we'd love to see you and get some pictures with you and all that. Yeah, On the gonna, next, yeah, we're going to go do. Uh, we're going to set up a brain date. So look for that uh, in the in the QB Connect app. Uh, so you can kind of schedule some time even and come in and and say hi and and we're going to be giving out some. QB Power Hour stickers for your laptop. Yay! So, so go ahead and uh, find us, and we'll 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 get you get you a sticker. Yes, for your laptop or your water bottle or your phone or wherever you want to put them. <laughs> right. As a reminder, signing up for the training events from Intuit, if you go to qbtrainingevents.com, you'll see the link there for webinars. In the middle is the in-person training where I mentioned those different events that are going on throughout the U.S. So we'd love to have you join us for some of those. And then the virtual conference in November um, is another great event to attend. And, and um Get free CPE if you need it and get you certified. Um, actually, hopefully you did that already because I think yeah. today was the deadline. <laughs> yeah, All right, right, let's continue on, Dan. Okay. Um, you, you can do this one if you want to. Okay. All right. Yeah. So our agenda today is we're going to talk about uh, some of the changes that, that have happened over in, in recent months or years, and we want to make sure that you know, everybody's on the same page because uh, when I worked at Intuit, it was kind of funny because they would do this big year-end training for all the support the support agents. And there was always this crunch time around uh, December getting ready for year-end. And, and it was, I just found it fascinating because, you know, year-end comes at the same time every year. It's like, it's almost like it's on the calendar, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> But it, it, we do things as a, 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 a when we have to and, and always when there's a deadline. And there's always just a little bit of, a, uh, what's the word, um, just changes from last year to this year where, where you just want to refresh. So we wanted to kind of get ahead of the game here and, and do this almost in, in November. You've got two months because really what you are is you're in the, you're in the fifth quarter. <laughs> this is where you want to be working with your clients 
to make some changes so that when year end actually happens, December 31st, you are you are ahead of the curve and and then it's just easy peasy come come January. So we're going to talk about some of the meals and entertainment uh, changes, uh, mileage and personal use of cars, uh, the S Corp health insurance and, and year end bonuses. And then those those hairy year end payroll forms like the 940, 941, W2s and uh, 10, 1099s and, and some of the things that you can do cleaning up the balance sheet, profit and loss accounts and, and really understanding where these these numbers are coming from inside of QuickBooks. So with meals and entertainment, um, you know the the last big tax reform, uh, there was some there was some big changes that came along with what you can uh, what you can deduct. Um, a lot of people thought, well, I'm I'm I work for myself, I'm I'm out and about, and um, I need to pick up some some something to eat. Well, I'm working, so I get to deduct all that. Well, no, <laughs> you um, it, there is some changes from the prior year, so. Um, you know, business meals with clients are, are only half deductible because you eat half of it. <laughs> the client eats the other half. But if you did something like a company-wide party, that is 100% deductible. So just knowing the, the the difference between what is deductible fully and what is, you know, 50%. And uh, it's always best just to keep the receipts and write that justification on them. Now with uh, QuickBooks Online and Desktop, you, you do have the ability to snap a photo uh, and attach that uh, to, to the expense transaction. Uh, QuickBooks uh, desktop is a little bit more cumbersome because you got to be at the computer, but you can snap the photo, send it to yourself, and then just attach that uh, in, your, in your desktop file. Now, mileage is another, uh, another big thing here, but it is now available in all versions of QuickBooks Online. Yay! However, uh, there's a big but. <laughs> it's only available to the master admin, um, and only one vehicle is is able to be set up in, in QuickBooks Online. So um, there's a catch. <laughs> uh, so if you have a fleet of vehicles, um, you know, then you're you're probably looking at you know some other app like MileIQ is a is a is a pretty popular one uh, to track ma uh, mileage now. Um, from a from a support perspective, um, I had um, I always had uh, the the occasional question when it would come with mileage where they would expect to see mileage uh, on their profit and loss. Well, well, that's not what mileage is designed for. It's it's either designed for tracking mileage for payroll reimbursement of employees who are using their own car for work purposes, uh, or as a tax prep in the business expense side of things where you know, I, you're filling out that particular form. I can't even remember the the number. It's like 87, 86 or something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> but it's uh, that form for vehicle uh, vehicle expenses. Either you're taking the standard mileage deduction or uh, actually itemizing out all of the expenses. But that's what mileage uh, is designed for. And then in um, desktop, um, it's actually a little bit more uh, flexible uh, because you can have more more vehicles. Uh, you can actually create uh, items that can be billed back to the client, um, and you're going to have some reports uh, available to use in in there as well. So the challenge though is that you you can't use something um, 
to track your mileage and integrate it directly into the mileage report. So you have to enter those, those transactions manually uh, in desktop. Speaking of cars, then there's the, the option of the personal use of company car or PUC. <laughs> um, this is a non-cash fr fringe benefit. Um, this is where you know you have employees that are using the company car for personal use. Um, so that that value of that is subject to uh, to, to taxes, um, and it's not for your Schedule C type of client where they're driving around using their own car, um, but it's more for when you have a fleet like uh, Geico or you know insurance or uh, home heating air conditioning that they use the truck and they park it outside their home. Um, but QBO has a pre-built item, uh, so when you go and add, uh, edit an employee, there's uh, there's a drop down there. To, it's called even more ways to play uh, to pay. Excuse me. <laughs> um, and you're going to have a personal use of company car. Um, desktop, you create uh, a company contribution item, um, and then you just add that to the employees. Um, we for for some of these here, we did put the um, the actual uh, Intuit article, uh, so you can always review that. So going from the handouts, you can just go in and and review that that sort of thing. Uh, S Corp Health Insurance was a huge can you pause? call. Oh yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But <laughs> before we move on, we had a couple of questions. So on the meals and entertainment. Sharon mm -hmm. wants to know, what about the meal portion if a client pays their peeps a per diem? Is that also only 50%? I'm going to go back here. What and would yeah, you say? <laughs> so uh, uh, if the client is paying their people for the travel expenses, like their employees, if they're reimbursing mm -hmm. them that, then mm -hmm. you're still, it still would only be the 50%. Right. Right. Um, now, and then and you were you were saying this yesterday where like you did some travel for Intuit and then sometimes it was all deductible and then sometimes it was not. Well, and it's not not a question of deductible, but how they report things on the 1099. Mm. Um, and, uh, and right. what I was mentioning was, um, you know, when I when I speak and travel and consult and all this, I'll have companies who reimburse me for my fees as well as my travel expenses. Some of them include the fees or the travel expenses in with the fees on the 1099. Other companies only include um, the fees, not the travel expenses on my 1099 oh, as a gotcha. subcontractor. And what that deals with is whether they have an accountable plan or not. And we didn't want this to be a tax session. So <laughs> we're not getting into all the nitty gritty tax details um, on some of that stuff. But yes, meals for business purposes are only 50%, except like he showed there in some situations where it is 100% tax deductible. Right. Um, so, and, um, but, but, but the, the, the best thing is to just write the justification on, on the receipt itself, snap a photo of it and attach it. So that way, if there is some question um, at, the, at the end of the year or with your CPA or whoever's doing your taxes, that you you can at least justify it right and the other thing Dan just that I might mention I get asked a lot okay if I take a picture of my receipt does that count for the IRS or for the I forget what it's called the revenue agency up in Canada and the question the answer is I know in the US that that is acceptable from the IRS um, that you have an image you captured that receipt image 
they mm -hmm. do accept that. I've seen people who will take the picture with an app or with the QuickBooks app or whatever of their receipt and wad it up and throw it away um, because all you need to have is that receipt. And Karen says it is accepted in Canada as well by the CRA. Thank you, Nancy um, and Karen there. Um, all right, let's see. Um, Melissa says this webinar is amazing and we're just getting started, Dan. That's great. <laughs> wow. Yes, we are recording this. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, they'll be available on uh, uh, Michelle's YouTube channel um, and also on uh, QBPowerHour.com. Those, uh, there's an archive webinar uh, section as well. All right. Somebody said the slides are still not showing up. Refresh it, and I'll double check it while Dan is presenting. And then Tammy shared with us: per diem would require employees to complete and turn in a reimbursement form and receipts. It's my understanding, and that's where they're talking about an accountable plan um, and whether you submit expense reports and things like that. And I am not a tax expert, so. <laughs> You know, I'm not giving you all tax advice here. We're trying to help you with things that you need. And if these are questions you have, these are things that you need to address between now and the end of the year. These are questions that I would love to have you bring up on the Facebook group so I can double check myself before I post my answer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't like doing my own taxes, let alone giving anybody else advice. So I always want to uh, caveat that. So, all right, Dan, you want to go ahead now? Okay, Sorry, yeah, I so stopped you. No, that's all right. Uh, should we should we launch a poll? I mean, we we just yeah, jumped right into great, it. Actually, that's a great idea. What part of year end stresses you out? What part stresses you out? All of it. Ten ninety nine <laughs> prep, the payroll, closing the books, getting info from clients. I love that. And you know, Dan, it is so great. I'm glad Dan's the one that suggested we do this. I think maybe I did. I don't remember. But anyway, I'm <laughs> no, glad we're doing actually it. You. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we're doing it early because some of this stuff that we're talking about specifically is to help you get some of these questions and how do I do this and how do I do that? Get some of these things out of the way and or cleaned up prior to year in. So come January, you're not as frantic and not as stressed out because you've already figured some things out or learned how to do it in QuickBooks or whatever. So that's why we're helping you with some of the get ready and, and things that you need to know to help save you time when it comes time for year in. As a reminder, the um, poll questions are for informational purposes only. We're not offering CPE for these um, any longer, so just keep that in mind. With that said, I'm gonna say last call on the poll question. You have like three seconds less, left to answer it. So if you could answer in three, two, <laughs> one, let's close it. And I'm gonna share the results with you because it's interesting. 32% of you said all of it, 14% the tax prep, 45% said getting information from the clients. That's something that we have control over. You know, that's something that we can control. For example, we're, I'm going to help you talk about 1099s later on. They don't get paid. The subcontractors don't get paid if you don't have their tax ID number on file. If, you, if they haven't filled out that W-9, they don't get paid. So there are some things you're, you can do. And if you require your clients to get things to you by a certain date and they don't do that, you need to have consequences just like your kids. What do you do when they don't do what they're supposed to, right? right? There should be consequences. Well, can't we can't. Just the finger. <laughs> we, 
we we can't you know ground them or take away their electronic devices or anything but we can tell them in the engagement letter you have to have this this and this to me by the fifth or tenth day of the work month or or by the end of october or november or whatever and if you don't then the penalty is $25 a week or $50 a week, whatever, have some consequences so that they have to get you these things in a timely fashion. And then try to get where you're not uh, dependent upon the clients to get the information. Um, that can always help a lot too. So Dan, you want to go ahead and talk about S-Corp? Yeah. So uh, S-Corp uh, health insurance is, uh, is, is a it's a situation where the uh, the shareholder is is getting paid uh, their health insurance by the company. So that's something that uh, needs to show up on the W two. Um, but coming from uh, coming from the receiving end with this, with uh, you know seventeen year ends under my belt, um, there was always some confusion, and the confusion lies in that there's several options to what happens with the taxes. So there's there's really uh, it is a taxable fringe benefit and it needs to show up on the W2 but the company really has some choices as far as what to do with those with those taxes. So um you know it could be an a, an employee tax loan where the the company is going to front the the taxes and then recoup the the taxes uh from the employee. Um so you can set it up that way um, you can lower the taxes on the on the paycheck and then that means that the owner is going to be liable for the you know they're, they're going to have less deducted from their from their uh, from their pay pay uh, or from their paychecks so the owner is going to have to handle that on his own return the other is the employer pays the taxes uh, from other wages um, and then there's other options of the the business is going to pay the taxes so Either one is is going to give you some options as far as what you know how that's handled. Uh, we we do include the the article here, so it can. It, this is something that to bookmark or to review uh, when it actually when and if that actually happens. But in order to uh, create that check, um, when you run payroll, there's a drop down, and then you have the the option of fringe benefits only. Now, if you don't see fringe benefit only, it means that you never set up the fringe benefit. <laughs> so that, that menu option is not there if you don't have any employee that has a, a fringe benefit. And then once you choose that, then you have the option of what do you want to do with the taxes? And then depending on what the outcome is of those taxes, then you can handle those things on the on the check itself. So all of that is in the in the article here. So always a, a, a big source of confusion when people call when people are called in and, and trying to re-explain that. And sometimes you have to, uh, you know, from my perspective, I had to approve, you know, that it's uh, that is taxable. So <laughs> some people had that coming in that it's it's not a taxable because there's they're lowering the taxes on the paycheck. Well, somebody is going to pay those taxes, whether it's, uh, you know, you're always going to get it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, the IRS always wants their money, don't they? Or the right. state. Um, so, so, Dan, are there any differences in how this works in desktop and online? Uh, with uh, with on uh, with desktop, it's you set up a company contribution uh, item that's just compensation as the tax tracking, and that's in the article as well. Uh, so, there's not a fringe benefit uh, check. Um, 
but you you would be putting that payroll item on the paycheck itself but it's just how you set it up so that it gets reported uh, properly. But that is in the, the article there. Uh, now year-end bonuses, this is why we're in that fifth quarter. Um, sometimes uh, a company is benevolent <laughs> um, and uh, has some extra money to give away um, and through some good planning, uh, they can do that as a bonus to, to lower their, their net income to pay less taxes. So. Um, so it's a it's a good win-win sometimes to do the, the year-end bonus. Um, in QuickBooks Online, it can be a separate check or part of the regular check. Uh, so you do just like fringe benefit checks, you have the drop-down and you can choose bonus only. And when you do that, uh, just bear in mind that bonuses are subject to supplemental wages. Uh, so when you include it as part of a regular check, sometimes that supplemental wage piece of um, of the the, calc the tax calculation is is kind of lost. So what supplemental wages is when you get receive a bonus, um, federal unemployment or not federal federal withholding and state withholding are are taxed at the highest rate. Um, so um, you know every once in a while when I did get a bonus at Intuitive, it was always that oh yeah, but there's half of it's <laughs> you know taken away uh, by by taxes. Now they get that back because at the end of the at the end of the year when we submitted our our taxes you know then it's all looked on the the same the same even keel so uh, just bear th bear that in mind by choosing a bonus only then the supplemental wages kicks in and uh, so you may have some surprised employees like well hey that's not what my withholding set at well that doesn't matter because it's a supplemental wage um, and then you have an option for net to gross both in um, QuickBooks Online and uh, and Desktop. So when you choose a bonus only uh, check, you have that option of how do you want to enter the bonus amount? So some people want to just say, hey, here's $500. Uh, so you can put it in as net pay and then QuickBooks will then uh, round or calculate up uh, to figure out what the taxes would have been so that the net amount is, is uh, $500 in this case. And then in Desktop, down here at the bottom, there's a checkbox of the enter the net, calculate uh, the gross, and uh, you just enter in at the bottom of the check what the net of the check will be, and then you figure back, back it reverse engineers the taxes, and then uh, recalculates uh, the gross. And again, we included the uh, link uh, to the to the article there. So all of these are you know designed to you know frame you up now, and then you know. Keep a, keep the keep the handouts handy or bookmark all of these articles so that you can. Oh yeah, what did they say two months ago? Okay, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> okay, Dan, got a question for you. Sure. Somebody asked, well, uh, don't you add just to wages and deduct on 1040 adjustments? It should zero out and no taxes. I'm not sure specifically what that question referred to. What what was that again? Something says, don't you add just to wages and deduct on 1040 adjustments? It should zero out and no taxes. Yeah, that was always... talking about a 1040, that sounds like a sole proprietor, so it must mm -hmm. be related to insurance, maybe? Yeah, it, it's the uh, S-Corp, and that, that was always the, the, the confusion, uh, gotcha. confusional part of, of the S-Corp um, medical... Uh, whether it was you know federal or uh, uh, social security and medicare and yes it should only be 
subject to um, federal uh, federal withholding. But there's all sorts of different ways to to manage um, manage how that is going to flush out on the on the forms itself. And that's we just set it up. You know, <laughs> we we showed people the door in in with regards to QuickBooks, and then what they do with it after that that's between them and their their tax account. Okay, and then uh, Troy shares S corp insurance should not change taxes that is not subject to box three and five unless it's a plan. Unless the plan discriminates certain classes of employees, it should be a net zero check. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people will do is just create a, a net zero check. Um, but uh, being that it's, it is a compensation, it, it throws those things in, into a taxable state. But then you just choose that, um, you know, you can either zero out the taxes on, on the check itself or... Um, uh, or, or uh, you know, say that question in QuickBooks Online that they're they're not going to be needing to pay the taxes, so it'll zero it out as well. So either way, uh, however you want to handle that, it can be handled. It's just knowing that ahead of time how you want to handle that and what QuickBooks is expected to do. Great, thank you. Yeah. All right, so then we go into the, all the year-end uh, payroll forms. So then we have the W-2s. Uh, the 941s, 940s for, for unemployment, uh, and then, of course, the state forms. Uh, 1099s, and we'll talk about that, but 1099 is not a payroll form. It's actually a tax form. <laughs> uh, but for some reason, it's connected loosely with payroll service. So we ended up a lot of times just calling it a payroll form, but, you know, technically it's not. <laughs> um, so there's, a, there's an issue about deadlines. Uh, with, with when it comes to QuickBooks. So when you're e-filing, the deadline is earlier than the calendar deadline. So a lot of the deadlines are, you know, January 31st for all these things to, quote, be in the mail. Well, in uh, desktop, when you're using the e-file service, it's two banking days prior to that deadline. So you want to make sure, especially if there's, uh, uh, if that deadline falls on a non-banking day and then there's always the question of well what's a banking day <laughs> um you know does that include saturday or or not because my bank moves stuff on on saturday <laughs> uh, but typically that's just sunday um so it's always good just to make sure that you're prepared to to file e-file those things ahead of time now online it's going to vary um, I, I saw a lot of, uh, a lot of people, um, what's the word upset, <laughs> um, because various states have, have lead times that could require, uh, five days. Uh, so, you know, where they were thinking, oh, this is not due until the end of the month. Uh, but really with the five days and being on banking days, if payments are required, um, certain states are going to have the, the lead time be almost, you know, a week. Uh, so then that last week, uh, we would get a lot of people calling in. It's like, well, I can't, you know, it says I can't file it, but it, because the, the deadline has passed, but the deadline hasn't passed. But yes, the deadline to e-file and e-pay has passed. So always a good idea to, to double check what those due dates are in your state, uh, go in, especially in QuickBooks Online, you can go in and see when those actually are due. Set a reminder, put a put a, put a pin in it <laughs> on the calendar, uh, and get yourself you know set up for 
for success there so that you don't have a, a missed thing, um, a missed, missed deadline, because that's, that's the worst uh, feeling, especially for, you know, someone who should be on, on top of these dates uh, to miss that. And then there's so, so many different states um, don't allow you to paper file. So then now what do you do, right? <laughs> You're stuck between a rock and a hard place. You can't file online and you can't uh, paper file. Uh, then you got to go into their, their site and try to manage that, uh, you know, being able to, to file it online or, or calling them. And they're always so responsive when you call, right? <laughs> uh, but we got the, uh, uh, we got the link in there as well. And then we have some, uh, Intuit has created a lot of great resources when it comes to the year-end payroll forms. Uh, put the link in the in the bottom here. It's, uh, it's a resource that's gonna tell you where QuickBooks is pulling that information. So um, a lot of times, you know, when it came to like filling out the 940 or the 941 or uh, some of the, some of the, uh, the lines on the, on the forms themselves are just calculations from some of the lines above it. So uh, oftentimes when, when, when someone would call in and they would say, hey, this isn't right, well, then you got to ask specifically, well, what's not right about it? Is it the uh, income tax withheld? Like uh, line, is it line three that's wrong? Because they're looking at maybe the, the bottom line where it says the balance um, and that's wrong. Of course, you know, that's where you typically discover these things, much like in uh, reconciling a bank account, uh, you see, okay, there's a discrepancy of what I owed and what I paid, but well, maybe it's it's because where line three is getting its information from. And what this does is it allows you to verify in QuickBooks where that number's coming from, uh, both in online and, and desktop. So it, it, allows, it tells you what reports to run, where, do you, where are you looking at, and then what to do about it if um, if there is a discrepancy. Um, and then there, it ultimately comes down, especially in desktop, that there are three choices. And usually those choices are gonna be dependent on uh, how close you are to the deadline. Because <laughs> uh, right, sometimes you can just right click and override the form and just put in whatever number that you want and you know, you'll fix it later. Um, then there's the option of, of creating an adjustment um, or the option of actually correcting it. Um, it really just gives you, um, you know, which, cho which choice is right is, depends on, you know, what the desired outcome is. Uh, but obviously the best option is to correct it, um, but maybe you don't have enough time to do that at that particular moment. So um, always those three different choices are available, uh, available to you. Um, obviously if you overwrite a form, um, e-filing e is typically out of the question uh, because they don't let you e-file overridden forms because that's kind of shady. <laughs> so, I'll pass it. Uh, Michelle, do you want to do another poll? Or, yes, or let's do another poll question while we change presenters here. I'll launch the poll. All right. Um, <clears throat> What is the question? Oh, what struggles do you have working with your clients at year end? Getting them to provide bank statements, to provide receipts, or answer your calls? And we probably should have had all of the above here, too. <laughs> right, just, just getting something. <laughs> yes. I think these clients give us gray hair sometimes, don't they? 
All right, I am going to take the presenter from you, Dan. All right. You just swiped it away, didn't you? <laughs> I hope. I was trying. Um, but it didn't ask me. It says waiting to show view. my screen. Yeah, it's not allowing me to show my screen. Um, uh -oh. Dan, I'm going to pass it back to you. Now, can you click to pass it to me? Maybe. Maybe I got to give it to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Make you the presenter. Okay. There we go. And somebody has great clients because she said I need the none of the above. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. I'm still not seeing. Hold on. Maybe it's behind everything. I am not seeing the thing to present and share my screen. I wish I had an option that said share your screen. <laughs> I mean, yeah, me too. Um, this is so weird. Yeah, I am listed as the presenter, mm -hmm. but it never popped up to ask me which screen I wanted to share. Yeah, I don't know if do you have something in presenter mode because I on my machine I have, um, you know, the presentation up and I can't see if there's anything behind oh, it. Oh, oh, <laughs> Nancy and Michael are geniuses along with Maria. Oh, <laughs> that I need to close, close the poll. poll question. <laughs> All right. So I will. And I will share that. Twenty eight percent of you said getting them to provide bank statements. Forty nine percent receipts. Twenty three percent said answering my calls. And then gotcha. we had a few people that said none of the above. That's great. That means you have really good clients. So I'm very happy for you. And I, I hope that that a, continues. Yeah, I found I found a. a, a a solution uh, for getting clients to to respond, or at least just to be able to get them to um, to, to communicate out what you want to say uh, without tying them to your to, to your phone. Um, there's a, there's lots of different uh, texting services that are out there, uh, mm -hmm. so you can put your clients' um, texting information in there, and then you can send out a blast. To all of your clients like hey I need your bank statement or hey I need your um, because a lot of them will answer their phone especially with the text uh, as opposed to answering the call at that time and it gives them time to right. respond at a time that's convenient for them too yep good point okay let's go ahead and move on now that you all can see my screen we're gonna talk <laughs> about getting ready for those 1099s and somebody had just posted in here that said that they want to start reviewing their vendors and making sure that you know they've got that ready and that's what I'm talking about right here is going in and get ready for those 1099s you know reviewing and make sure you have what you need first of all I wanted to make you all aware of this if you aren't already this is something that's well I guess it's not new it's been around for at least a year in QuickBooks Online not in desktop when you add a new contractor because you know now under workers you have employees and you have contractors. So your subcontractors show up on your vendor list and they also show up in here under the contractors. So if I'm adding a new contractor, notice this little checkbox here. It says email this contractor to complete their profile. So it will send an email to that contractor when you set up a new one. It sends them an email and says, what's your business name, address, what's your EIN number, so they can enter that information themselves. Um, so that's kind of something nice for new contractors. Well, what about for our existing ones? Well, that's where we need to do this, and this is true in desktop and online. Um, 
is that you come in here and we go into the vendor detail so you go in and edit the details of that vendor and you have to do several different things you want to make sure you check that box the one that's inside the red square down there that a rectangle that says track payments for 1099 you'll want to put in their business id number and then under the attachments you can attach a copy of their w9 for reference um, so you can do that in both desktop and online um, so you know we want to make sure that we set up the vendor and put those details in there as well as their address um, and some contact info like Dan said that you know the phone numbers and emails and things like that so we want to make sure that we put the vendor information in there then when you're ready to work on your vendor uh, 1099s I'm going to go ahead and I've got screenshots here for you but I'm going to go ahead and pop into QuickBooks so I can show you I'm in the vendor center here and up in the upper right corner and this is similar to desktop so desktop has a, a 1099 wizard and so does QBO I'm going through QBO and showing you when you click on prepare 1099s and you click on continue to 1099s in here it's going to show you how do you want to categorize your payments just like in desktop only in desktop it used to be under the edit preferences where you did that categorization. Is that still the case, Dan? Yeah, um, but it's also in the wizard as well. Okay, so it's in the wizard and the preferences. All right, so you go through here and you would specify which accounts are you using for subcontractors. So for example, under box seven, we can choose several different accounts here. As I scroll down, I can see I've got advertising. You can actually see all the ones that we've got, but you can choose which accounts you want to ch to select who are you paying your subcontractors what are you paying them for and which account are you posting it to so you would choose all the accounts that are included for your subcontractors then let's go ahead and click on next and then this is where it's great to see this in red you can go through here and see oh I'm missing this company name I'm missing the address I'm mix missing the tax ID you can scroll through here and work on that and it's going to highlight those where you're missing information so you can start you know contacting those people so you know you can click on here and go in and edit the, the uh, detail information like is this an individual or a business usually contractors are an individual and, <clears throat> excuse me and you'd want to put the details out there um, and so you can do the editing right from here if you've got that information available one of the things that's kind of nice is if you have their email available you can go ahead and send them an email requesting that info um, also then adding it from the vendor list if you don't see a contractor listed here you could add them right here onto your 1099 list you also then want to go in and make sure that the payments are proper which payments are included or excluded so here's an example we don't have a whole lot of payments out here just this one but in box 7 it's going to show $1,250 in box 7 of the 1099 for this subcontractor and it's only showing me contractors that met the threshold I could tell it I want to see all contractors but over here notice I actually made $3,250 worth of payments to this contractor it excluded 2,000 of those why what's included what's excluded this changed several years ago and we want to make sure that you all are aware of that um, and here's screenshots of everything here's where we're talking about though what's excluded and you'll notice the one here that's excluded is because it was MasterCard so as a reminder reportable payments those payments that are reportable and included 
On a 1099, payments that were made with cash, check, direct deposit, or EFT. Payments that were made with plastic, a debit or a credit card, or in a merchant service provider are non-reportable. Those are excluded. Remember, I don't know, five years ago maybe they came out with a 1099-K where these um, providers had to include the payments from their end. They were filing the 1099-K. So if you have payments by these excluded types, these are the codes that you want to use in the check number field or the reference number field so that those payments are excluded from their 1099. So, you know, this is what I thought was interesting. One of my clients wanted to use CC for her cash card. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> CC is a credit card. But yet when I come out here, CC's not on here either. You have to specify MasterCard or Visa, um, and you have like debit card. You don't just have a DB for debit. You would have to do a DBT. So make sure you use these codes. You have to comply with QuickBooks codes for including and excluding. Um, and then somebody says, what about payments via PayPal, friends or family not paid as goods or services? Um, so things that are paid via PayPal are excluded payments anyway. Um, so that's not going to be showing up on any 1099s. Um, somebody says, what about a company that provides a credit card to employees to pay for their meals when they're traveling? So the company is paying for them. They're not reimbursing the employee. I don't think you'd have to include that at all. That wouldn't be on a 1099. Um, we're talking about 1099s for subcontractors. Yeah. Um, and somebody says, I want to do a dry run of the 1099s. Um, no, you can't run the 1099s yet. If I go back into QuickBooks, I can go through here and, you know, go through here and clean all this up, put all the information in there so I have it, everything that I need. But when I go into finish, um, it's asking me, you know, if I want to file them. I think these are last year's, though. I don't think these are this year's. Um, but you, you, you can't e-file them yet, um, so you're not going to be able to actually do a dry run on the e-file. Um, but you can go through and make sure that you've got all the information that you need. You can review the payments, what's included, what's excluded, and make sure that everything's right so that when you're ready to do um, the 1099s, you've already gone through and looked at all that. And it's, um, a, it's a good call out that uh, in the past, uh, QuickBooks Online Plus was the only version that you could do 10.9 prepare 10.99s with, but now all versions are are available to do the 10.99s uh, because that's a potential uh, money money source for for Intuit. So why would they just have <laughs> you know just the top people available to do that? Um, and speaking of of potential money sources, a lot of people have said in the in the, the question box that. When you send an email through QuickBooks uh, to the vendors, it, it will prompt them to create an Intuit account to be able to store that information. One, it want, they want it to be uh, secured. So being able to create an Intuit login or Intuit account to be able to put that information in there because, you know, it's personally identifiable information uh, that they don't, you know, you don't necessarily want to be just sharing that with anyone. Uh, but then, of course, then there's a, an option and, uh, you know, some people will be prompted. I mean, everybody's going to be prompted to set up a, a QuickBooks self-employed uh, to be able to, you know, manage that. We figure that a lot of these people are 
gig economy people. They're just doing this as a side thing or uh, or they're not even tracking it at all. Uh, so they're going to be prompted to uh, to set up a, a QuickBooks self-employed, uh, which could be a, a, an option for you, too. You could set them up and, and you know, put it under your wholesale because you can actually do that. Um, and then, you know, some of these people, contractors, especially not the greatest technical, technically minded people. Um, they don't particularly care to set up the, the self-employed. But just bearing that in mind that, you know, that, that's what's going to happen. Uh, when when this is is uh, is done, but in the long run, that having having things done electronically is is smoother for everyone. It's just a little bit of a um, a, a pain a pain source, I guess, for for those people that don't necessarily want to do that or want to be prompted to do that. Um, and then if you send yourself <laughs> as an accountant uh, an, a, a, a request for information, bear that in mind, it's gonna ask you to set up your own <laughs> self-employed. And then sometimes people get that crisscrossed and and uh, they don't even need the self-employed um, setup, but then um, it, it, it does that. So uh, sometimes a, a best practice is to uh, use a different email uh, when you're sending yourself a request for W9 information for 1099s for one of your clients. Very good comment there. Thanks, Dan, for sharing that. And I had several people asking down here, I don't see Amex, I don't see credit, and things like that. And also they were asking, do I have to use the check number in the reference field? You have to use these codes in these fields for it to include or exclude them on the 1099. Now this list of codes, I'm gonna admit it was from last year. It could have been updated. So I'm sure there's a KB article out there, um, knowledge base article. So you may wanna Google it or go into the QuickBooks help and look for um, reportable payments, 1099s, um, and you can find the most current list because they may have added a code out there for Amex. Um, so check for that, because that's true. I don't see that out here. I see Visa. I see several for like MasterCard, Chase, Discover, Diners. I don't see an Amex code. So it may have gotten left off of this list. Might have, but Amex always fancies itself as uh, different than everyone else. So maybe that's yeah. why. <laughs> yeah. It's And uh, okay. So um, that's, that's stuff on 1099. Help you guys get started with some of that. Now let's talk about some other things. One of the things you should be doing is looking at the balance sheet and the profit and loss. We'll talk about that in a minute. But as you know, you need to reconcile all your bank and credit card accounts. Go through and look at your accounts receivable. Run those aging reports. Look for open invoices and uncollectible invoices that need to be written off. Now remember, you can use the write-off invoices tool that's available in both desktop and online. However, if you're writing off an invoice that has sales tax on it, or if you're doing an invoice from a closed period, you should use a credit memo. You can use the write-off tool to help identify which invoices should be written off based on your criteria, like older than a certain number of days and under a certain dollar amount. Um, but if it's sales taxes or a closed period, use a credit memo, not the write-off tool. We also would want to go in and clean up undeposited funds. And I can tell you, I came behind a, a CPA one time um, and they had done the taxes and everything, and the client was like, something's just not looking right. It's not, something's not right. 
Come to find out they have like $150,000 of stuff sitting in the deposit expense because that CPA didn't go through that balance sheet and say, what's this? Okay, and, and is this right? Um, and, you know, I'm a CPA who does not a tax expert. You know, Dan's talking about all the S-Corp requirements and things. I don't know all those details, um, but some CPAs don't know QuickBooks. Um, so you want to look through that balance sheet, and undeposited funds should have very little in it. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Also review accounts payable. The the uh, the bills and the aging there. Do you have any um, vendors that have open bills that, have a payment that wasn't applied properly, you know, review that information. Never for AP and AR, don't do journal entries. I know you can, but use vendor credits or credit memos. Use the, the forms that are there. That way everything just works smoothly and you don't run into unexpected events. <laughs> um, also, reconcile other balance sheet accounts that your clients might have, like if there's any employee advances, if there's an account for client retainers. Other balance sheet accounts, you can reconcile and clear them out as well. So check that out. Also, I didn't put in here inventory, and I should have, um, but make sure you look at inventory. And with desktop, um, you've got that amazing tool to help you identify uh, inventory that was negative at any point during the year um, under the client data review tool. So use that to help you to review the inventory, make sure it's okay. You also want to clear uncategorized assets, and I'll, I'll show you that in just a second. Make sure OBE is zero, your opening balance equity should be zero. And just in general, look through every account on that balance sheet. Does it make sense? Is it accurate? Review the... Um, the fixed assets, was depreciation recorded during the year? Review the loans. Did they have loan payments that were recorded during the year? Did they also have interest expense? Did they split their loan payments out? Um, so look through that balance sheet. Sales tax payable. Have they been paying that properly? Or did it just keep growing through the year? And then they write a check and put it to sales tax expense. So review that balance sheet and every account on that balance sheet and clean up those that you can, try to verify those that you can, and, and fix the ones that you find that are, that are wrong. So we want to clean up our balance sheet. Now, QuickBooks Online has this new overview tab that is super cool that helps us to look at some of this. So for example, when I click in QBOA, QuickBooks Online Accounts under Overview, see the bookkeeping review? You can review the company setup and it can see what's going on with the company. The banking activity, you can see here, you know, how many things are unaccepted. Are they way behind? How many things are unreconciled? When's the last date they reconciled? And this is for all bank and credit card accounts here. You can see all of that information where they've set up a bank feed. We also then down at the bottom, and this is what's great, we have this common issues. What's my uh, balance in undeposited funds and how many transactions are there? If there's only 10, that could be legit. They could legit have 10 transactions that they haven't taken to the bank yet or 10 payments. Uncategorized asset or income or expense, all of these are things that came through the bank feed that they didn't properly categorized. They just clicked to add it and it went to an uncategorized account. So you'll want to go in and review those and clean that up. So you can click on that and that's going to take you in and give you a report. Here's those six transactions that went in uncategorized expense so you can review them and put them where they need to be. Also then down here under our common issues um, is opening balance equity. 
Remember, that's supposed to be zero. So if it's not, you need to drill into it and figure out what happened. Usually they set up a new customer, a new vendor, a new account, and they put an opening balance in there, that'll cause a problem. Or if they delete something that had a balance in it, like a customer with a balance, that can cause some problems and stuff as well. Also, looking for negative accounts, an account that should be positive, but it's negative, either assets or liabilities or on the income and expense side. Um, you can see here it's giving you a list of all of those. So this is really cool, I think, because this helps save us time when we're going through and reviewing some of this. And I know we're almost out of time. If y'all can hold on with me just for another second, we're almost through all this, and then I'll do some Q&A. So use that company overview tab to help you look up things. Also then on the undeposited funds, if you have a lot of things that are in there that don't belong, if there's just a few of them, pull up the original deposit. Check off the payments that are received. Here's the two payments that were received. But if you notice, these amounts are the exact same amounts here because what happened was they went ahead and added these as a deposit. So all you need to do is check these two boxes on the payments that are in undeposited funds and delete these two lines where they made the deposit without doing it properly. They, they just did a deposit. So pull it up delete the detail lines here and check these lines on, that will fix it and it won't change the balance, it won't mess up your reconciliation, reconciliation or anything. So that's if you only have a few of them. However, when I had that lady with $150,000 worth, there were like thousands of them out there. In that situation, what you need to do is you create a new deposit, Select these old deposits, oh, the, 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 the payments here that are sitting in undeposited funds, and you may want to go through and do this by month or by year, depending on how many you have. Um, in our situation, we had to do several because there were so many, it kept crashing and we couldn't do them all at once. So, you know, go through by month or um, by year and select all those un undeposited payments up here, then you have to research and see what usually happens is the client receives a payment, but then they make a deposit directly into the income account. So you need to find out which account were they hitting when they made that deposit, because usually their bank account balance is correct. So find out which income account they've been hitting. You take the total of the undeposited funds up here Enter that as a negative number so your net deposit is zero because usually your bank account balance is correct, but income is overstated, which we're fixing with this line right here, and undeposited funds is overstated, and we're clearing that out by selecting those. So that's how you can clean up undeposited funds. I've got a video on this from probably five, six years ago with like 160,000 views because so many people have problems with undeposited funds. It is the same process in desktop and online. All right, so that's something to keep in mind. Also then you want to clean up the profit and loss. So again, just like with, with the balance sheet, go through, review your accounts for accuracy. This is where we can use the reclassify transactions tool. You have that in both desktop and online where you can batch reclassify transactions to post them to the correct account, review for fixed assets that were posted to expense accounts, like in the small tools or miscellaneous or office supplies, you know, review for things that should have been a fixed asset, make sure that they didn't post the sales tax payments to, I usually see it, state tax expense. 
right? And then sales taxes is really high because they posted all the payments to an expense account instead of the payable account. Also, loan and car payments. Make sure that those were posted properly. A lot of times you'll see them posted to like car payments expense or car expense, and it's the loan payments, and those should be split out between principal and interest. So you'll want to look for those things. Um, review any accounts that might need to be merged, like telephone expense and phone expense. Look for owner and personal expenses that are misclassified, and we know they do this, right? Sometimes they have personal things that's showing up as a business expense. Reclassify those to like owner's draws if, if that's the situation. Also, clean up the uncategorized income and expenses that I mentioned before. Review for things that are negative, when yeah, an income account that's a negative or an expense account that's a negative. Review for things that are the wrong sign the way they are. Um, so hopefully that helps you as well. Um, these are all just things, just good practices that you can be doing now as you're working with your clients to help save you time in January. Then also, I wanted to make you aware of the cash basis balance sheet because many of our clients use accrual basis all year long and they run an accrual basis um, P&L all year long. But then for taxpayer purposes, we run cash basis reports. A couple of things to keep in mind here. In QuickBooks Desktop, when you run a cash basis balance sheet, it does not reverse transactions in AR and AP when there's another balance sheet account in that transaction. For example, I have an open invoice, so it's sitting in accounts receivable, and we sold inventory, which is, is hitting the inventory balance sheet account. That's not going to be reversed. Same thing if you had a bill, let's say, for fixed assets. When you have another balance sheet account involved, it doesn't reverse those with desktop. You have to drill down into it, see what they were, determine what you need to do, make your own adjustments if needed. Then just, a QB. Uh, just bear yeah. in mind that that's, those are open invoices, and the value that you see there is only the value of the balance sheet account. So like regular income that would be on an open invoice won't show there. So if you have an invoice for $1,000 and only – 300 of that is a balance sheet, uh, then you'd, you'll only see 300 showing in the um, in the AR side of things. And that's where it gets really confusing because like, oh, this is, this, this, is, this doesn't even match. <laughs> Very good just, call out. It's Thank just valuing the, the, the cost of an item that's unpaid for. Right. And the other thing to really keep in mind when we're talking about cash basis balance sheet, cash pages, cash basis taxpayer, a lot of these clients are really modified cash or modified accrual, you know, tomato, tomato there. Um, <laughs> but they really, a lot of times are modified cash. In other words, if they have inventory, they do a physical county year in and they count the inventory. So if, if we've, you know, sold some inventory or bought some inventory, we need to determine whether it was counted in the physical count, whether we need to include that AP or AR, depending on the situation. Um, so this is something where if you're not a tax guru, you might consult with your tax person or whoever's doing those. Um, but then in QuickBooks Online, keep in mind, it doesn't work the same way as desktop. In QBO, it will reverse everything in AR and AP that's open. Um, so all open balances will be reversed in AR and AP, and again, they may need to be included. If I've got an open bill with inventory, and the inventory was counted in my physical count, I need the other side of that, the bill, to be included as well. So again, 
things to, to be aware of and to be cautious of and understand the difference between the two. And in um, the advanced certification training for QuickBooks Online in the year-end information, I think, or it might be in the reporting section, it goes in details how it zeroes out AR and AP and how it works with the credit cards because credit cards aren't treated the same as AP. Credit cards will be zeroed out. So details on that stuff is in that advanced SART training. Um, so anything else that you wanted to add, Dan? No, we, we, we jam-packed a whole hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah we did. Everything that we did there. We, we were concerned that we weren't going to have enough to say. <laughs> yeah, and I'm really glad to see uh, almost all of you have stayed a few extra minutes with us today. So I certainly appreciate that. Last poll question, did you learn something new? And uh, I love Nancy's comment. Great webinar. I'm not totally dreading your end now. Um, and somebody else, Rhonda, says, I've used the cleanup of undeposited funds that you shared. Very valuable. Great. I'm glad that was helpful for you. Um, that is our goal, is to help you. And, and, you know, sometimes you already know it, but because some of these things you only deal with at year end, you forget it. So glad to have you joining us so we can remind you of these things. So if you want to answer that poll question, please go ahead and answer that poll question. I'm going to close it in three, two, one and done. And I'm glad to say 96% of you learned something new. We have some advanced people here. 4% <coughs> I'm sorry, did not learn anything new and we're glad that you still joined us and hopefully we just reminded you of a few things. So, um, And this is great. Somebody says there's not one webinar that I do not learn something new. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> All right, so as a reminder, our next QB Power Hour, we hope you'll join us for all of them. The next one is November 14th. It's going to be a QB Connect recap. Um, Dan and I are going to share things that we, we learned from QuickBooks Connect with you all, um, and so I hope you'll join us for that. Don't forget to look into the VCon and the Roadshow and join us for some of those events. And on the QuickBooks Connect, um, go to this website if you want to check out the live streaming of the main stage sessions during the conference. You can look at the schedule to see when those are. Um, but thank you very much. Um, I don't see a lot of questions coming in here. Uh, I knew almost anything, but reminded of it is valuable. Thank you, Michelle and Dan. See you later. Awesome. Thank you, guys. All right. So, Dan, any last comments? No, I just um, I just wanted to remind people that um, the 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 week after the webinar after the 14th is thanksgiving so we'll be skipping uh for thanksgiving as well so uh, that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do this now because if when we get into the holidays and everything like yeah. that um we'd be up against the year end talking about year end and then it's too late so that's why we <laughs> wanted to give you a a, a lot for, a lot of forewarning for for year end Yes, and as a reminder, um, somebody asked how to find us at QuickBooks Connect. If you go into the QB Connect app, Dan and I are going to sign up for one of those brain dates where we'll be sitting somewhere, usually in the conference hall somewhere, and you can come find us because um, we'll be at a designated spot at a designated time. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to be wearing my Mr. Potato Head, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we'd love to meet you guys, get pictures, as well as pass out some of our QB Power Hour stickers that we have now. So we'd love to share those with you as well. 
Um, so thank you, Dan, for ordering those for us. All right. Well, Dan, I think we've covered everything. I'd like to thank everybody for joining us today. I hope you have a safe, spooky Halloween um, and enjoy it with your little ones or the adults party, if that's where you're going as well. Um, just enjoy and have a safe Halloween, everybody. Thanks, all. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast today brought to you by Audimate. Check them out at audimate.com. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.